Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Get all the updates for all of our latest videos, interviews, everything we have on all of our social media platforms, all Hawkeye-related. Today, we have former Iowa wide receiver Trey Strauss. What's going on, man? What's going on, Adam? Happy to be here, man. How are things out in uh, Nebraska? Well, it's Nebraska, so, I mean, it can only be so good. Uh, but it's it's not too bad. Honestly, Nebraska's a pretty good state to live in, so it's uh, just don't really care for the Cornhuskers too much. Very, very anti that. But uh, yeah. li- living here is not too bad. It's a, it's a pretty good pretty good state to live. It's no Iowa, but I I definitely like it okay. Sure. Where, where, are you, where are you at right now? I live down here in Austin, Texas, man. I come across some uh, ex-players. I, I run into, like, uh, Vince Young and – you know, I tell him I play for Iowa, and I think everybody down here thinks, you know, Iowa is Iowa State. So, uh, what? Gets, oh, because of the Big gets, Twelve? Yeah, it gets quite annoying, but you know, I'll, I'll correct them. <laughs> that that's like that's the ultimate like offensive thing that anybody could ever say. <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't go to Ames Community College. I went to the University of Iowa <laughs> from the Big Ten, the Big Boys School in Iowa. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, and never mind that I butchered the name of your uh, spelling of your last name up there. I, I noticed that as soon as I went on, I'm like, hey, we're going to have to get that fixed before we publish this. So. No, you're good. There's a, there's like a, a funny story. So, uh, you know, just throughout my my time at Iowa, a lot of different announcers, they would butcher my name. They would be like, you know, Terry Strauss and like, you know, any Trace Ross, like stuff like that. So, I, you know, I, I was brought to my attention when I was in college that, you know, this Terry Strauss thing was was going on. Uh, so I just kind of, I just kind of owned it, but no, you got my, it looks like you got my name, right? <laughs> Is it right on the, okay. Cause I see on yours, you spelled it S T R A U S S or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the, the pen name, I guess that was going around like from, uh, the announcers after, you know, during games and everything. So okay. yeah, I just owned it and, and, and Adam, man, just, uh, you know, we were supposed to do this interview an hour and a half ago. You, you left me by myself drinking. So uh oh! Whatever you get, whatever you get, this is on you, man. Hi, <laughs> right, it's all good. I'll take full responsibility for you having a good time any day of the week. So, what what what's the uh, beverage of choice tonight? Uh so the wife and I were uh, we're moving out of Texas here in, in about a month. So uh, you know, just kind of having my cervezas. So I think Modelo is right. my my call of drink tonight. 
All right. I'm a cerveza guy too. I've really like the more beer I drink, the more I realize that like when it comes to beer, I am I am a Mexican on the inside. That's what I, uh, that's what I tend to always gravitate towards. Like Dos Equis and Corona are Absolutely, my two man. favorites. Yeah. Dude, the Modelo's, the, uh, shoot, uh, Presidente. I mean, there's some go ever since I moved down to Texas, man, opened my eyes. Yeah, they make a damn good beer. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i in full agreement with you on that. And I have a couple of buddies of mine that are like, Corona's skunky. Like, how do you drink that? And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I never drink Corona without a lime. So it's never like skunky to me at all. But oh, yeah. the Stuckies is good stuff too. I'd, yeah. I'd have that any day of the week. And you can't beat a legitimate, like really good tequila. Like that's oh, as good absolutely. as it gets. Oh, I'm... I'm a, I'm a big baby. I, I suck at taking shots or anything like that, but <laughs> if it's a really good tequila, I, I can, I can go, but that's the one thing you drink. Like you talk to anybody, they're like, yeah, if I drink too much tequila, I do weird stuff. Oh, and absolutely. That, that, that was me. Like that was me. If I had too much tequila, I would, that's <laughs> when I would do like very uncharacteristic things that I, I normally wouldn't do. Oh. But um, I, I've been, I've been there before, man. Yeah. I think we, we all have. Um, so you said you're down in Austin right now. Um, tell me about what's going on with you uh, professionally, uh, what you're doing for work, what you're going to be doing for work when you move out to Orange County and, and how the wife is doing. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm with the wife first. Yeah, newlyweds. Uh, we, uh, we got married, um, gosh, back in August. So, you know, during a pandemic probably wasn't ideal, but, uh, you know, some of the feedback we got from some of our friends were just like, dude, we, you know, we needed that. That was kind of our little break. Um, cool. You know, we did the social distancing, so we were being responsible and everything. But I did see on one of your uh, your uh, interviews, I think it was with Marty McNutt of like the hottest wives or something. So I want to throw uh, some pictures. I want to throw some pictures in the hat for next year. Okay, I got, okay. I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to catch some votes on that thing. Um, right. We haven't seen her yet. I, I've never <laughs> seen her, so I, I don't know. We can't. We can't comment. She officially <laughs> pulled in this last round of she was the number one she won but i don't think we've seen trey's wife yet so if you All ever right. want to slide some pictures out so we could see it where where did you meet your wife uh so i, I met her in austin um i was just kind of out with some co-workers we met up with uh one of my co-workers her uh her uh, boyfriend at the time and you know after a few drinks uh you know her name's kim she's just like hey you know wouldn't trey be perfect for for amanda and you know this guy's like the coo of this like tech company and he's just like all right let me hit her up and uh, you know, he called her, put on a spear phone. She was not interested. He's like, you know, um, you know, he's a, he's a football player, probably wide receiver. And she's like, that's not my type. So, you know, I got shut down uh -huh. pretty, I got shut down pretty early on. Uh, but you know, he, uh, he was her boss. So I think he like made her go on a double day with us. And then, uh, I mean, it was history from there. <laughs> I should have learned this early on. I'm a quitter. Like if a girl ever told me that she wasn't interested, I was, you know, I'm like, screw you then forget it. Like if you're not interested. I'm out. But it's like yeah, all man. the guys that like all the really great dudes are like, no, you, you do like me. You're just not willing to admit it yet. You haven't figured it out. And I'm like, why didn't I figure that out? Like, I just was like, you know, every time you go for a top shelfer, they're like, no, I'm not interested. And then Marvin talked about that too. Any really great, very attractive girl, the first one to two, three, maybe even four times you talk to her, they're like, nah, not interested. Yeah. And man. then finally, then you break through. Yeah. I mean, the quote I told her, I mean, I, dude, I asked her out, I asked her to be my girlfriend, like on the second or third date. And uh, she, you know, she still gives me crap about that. But I just tell her, like, you know, persistence beats resistance. So, yeah. Uh, it's like some of the, the sales stuff I learned or what. But, uh, yeah, it, it worked out. You know, she she took three months to come around and finally said that she'd be my girlfriend. And I uh, got engaged within a year and, <laughs> and married. And uh, actually, man, you know, life's good, man. We just uh, 
we found out a few weeks ago that we're you know we're you know uh, man is pregnant and we awesome uh, we went to the doctor today got to listen to the little one's uh, heartbeat so you know all's good nice. man life, life is good that is fantastic you got a future iowa wide receiver in the making <laughs> that's hopefully good a, news hopefully an iowa baseball player <laughs> keep away from uh you know, a lot of the injuries. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It seems like those baseball guys get hurt though too, but it's not, you know, it's nothing like head related. It's always like pulling a hammy or something like that, or, yeah. you know, tearing ACL, something you can bounce back from nothing, yeah. nothing like that. But congratulations. That's, that's freaking huge news, man. Like yeah, what are you hoping for, sure. for a boy or a girl or like, are you just, you know, you don't care. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think every, every guy wants like, you know, a boy to, you know, have somebody to throw the baseball around with, you know, football and so on, but uh, I'll just, you know, happy, happy for a, for a healthy baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just need to tell you from somebody that has boys and girls, I really don't, you can't underestimate how much fun a daughter can be. I never knew that I would like, who's cracking a new one. You hear that noise? <laughs> Sound like a beer commercial over oh. there, man. God, making me thirsty. Hey, man, Hey man, don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. I, absolutely not. I I had yeah, a couple I mean, of cruise lights. I like that, but yeah, I mean, we're I, I mean, I you know we're in the process of moving, so I took a I took a half week this week at work. So um, you know, I'm just gonna enjoy tonight a little bit, do some packing, but good. Um, you said you're gonna have a drink. You're having? Am I drinking alone on this or? Well, I, I had a Coors Light over here, and then when I got started, I left it over on the counter. So I'm like, I'd have to jump. I'd have to run and go get it real quick. Um, but I was going to tell you, don't underestimate you know, having a daughter, too, because I never thought I'd like softball and volleyball as much as I do. That's actually a lot of fun. Like I really oh, yeah. enjoy watching that. It's, it's pretty entertaining. I really like working with her in softball and stuff like that, too. So it's yeah. – uh, Adam, that's actually that's actually a good point, man. Like you know, a few of a few of uh you know Chris Rowell, Raphael Eubanks, like we used to we used to uh, drive our mopeds down to the the Iowa softball games, and they're just they're a lot more fun than the baseball games. Like they're they're fast paced, yeah. shorter games. Like it's it's quick, man. It's a quick sport. Same with the volleyball. You know, a few of uh, Tony Miyake was dating somebody on the volleyball team, so we went to a few of those games. It's high pace. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fun to watch. Those are two sports that I feel like are more entertaining than the male version. Like if you watch men's volleyball, it's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. It's just like set spike. It's done. And like women's there's like volleys and it's actually entertaining to watch. And then with softball, I always say it's like the arena league version of baseball. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller field. It's more fast paced. It's, it's fun, man. I, I enjoy watching it. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's the thing. It's like with baseball, I feel like it's like the guy's strategy to try to elongate the game. There was girls who are like, let's just get in and out and yeah, do some drag bunts and you know, just get around the base. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's an underhyped sport that needs to get oh, out there. I, I was, I'm like a chronic, like, you know, I, I, I'm on the Big Ten's case, the Big Ten Network's case constantly. Like I'm a Big Ten Network troll. And so I'm always like, hey guys, come on, more wrestling. We need to have a little bit more wrestling. We got the top wrestling program in the country and you guys don't even have it on TV. Like you have all this, like all these games that you just replay and replay and replay. Like, why? Well, how about some original content? And right. I think a lot of people thought that, believed that too. So they finally really came through in the last year or two and have had wrestling. And now they're starting to step up baseball a little bit. Um, so it'd yeah. be nice if they, over the summer, we don't have much, as much to watch the people that are mostly college sports fans, you know, I would like to see some more Iowa baseball and Iowa softball and things like that. So 
Big sure. Ten Network, if you're listening, step it up. I'm watching you. <laughs> um, Trey, I wanted to talk about your recruiting process out of high school. Um, what schools were you thinking about? Um, you know, we always, I always watch recruiting. And I remember when you're coming out, I want to say Boston College was real hot on your trail. And, and that's a really that's a prestigious academic institution. And a, Boston's a really cool city. That must have been a pretty hard place to say no to. What other places were really after you? Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, being, you know, coming from Northeast Ohio, I mean, you're exposed to a lot of different universities from, you know, all the Mac schools to, you know, the you know University of Pitt that was only two hours away, Penn State four hours away, uh, Cincinnati, West Virginia was a big pipeline. Um, and I guess to cut a long story short, so I originally committed to Maryland. Um, you know, if you look at the receiving court, I was, it was quite unique where you had, you know, uh, Marvin, he was a former quarterback. You had Darrell, that was a former quarterback, Paul Cheney, a quarterback. And, you know, I played a little quarterback in high school myself, but I was mainly, you know, I played receiver, but, you know, I was also in a high school that uh, we ran the ball. We, we had a rusher that, you know, he rushed for 3,300 yards in his senior year. Um, so I was mainly known for like the defense being a, a safety. So um, I originally uh, verbally uh, committed to Maryland and uh, I actually committed before I even went. And then I went to go visit the school and it was just was not for me. Like the vibes weren't there. Uh, you could just tell that it was more of a basketball school than a football school. And like deep down in your heart, when you grow up in Ohio, you're going to a Big Ten school, um, yeah. you know, you know, my family grew up uh, Penn State fans, but in it, you know, I have a story for that. But, uh, you know, you're just going to end up in the Big Ten. And you know, my heart wasn't into Maryland. And my first my next trip that I went out to was to Iowa. And it just blew me away. I mean, you don't know a whole lot about Iowa. Um, at the time, I think we only had Bra Bradley Fletcher. And I think the next class was like me, BJ Travers, Chris Rollick. We were the first like Ohio flight to Iowa that kind of okay. opened the door for other other recruits like the Stanzies and, and uh Derek Smith and LeBron's and, you know, Drell's and so on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I panicked. I, I, I went to Maryland. I'm like, dude, this is, this is not, this is not a football, you know, a school or program. Um, so I had visits to, like you said, Boston college, Penn state, um, uh, uh, Iowa, Tennessee and UConn. I think UConn was big back then. They used to go to like my track meets and, uh, try to sell me, sell me hard. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Iowa, they're three time, uh, eighth in the nation, two-time Big Ten champs. You know, Ed Hinkle was like one of my idols when I was in high school. So it was kind of a no-brainer once uh, Coach, Coach O'Keefe came ringing. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what it was about Maryland because we went out. Um, we tried to go to every Big Ten stadium and try to hit them all. And we went out the first time we played Maryland. And you weren't kidding. That is like the opposite of what a Big Ten school you would think it yeah. would be. Um, it's very urban. And it was like constant police sirens all the time when we were there. And when we went out to the bars uh, the, the night before the game, the night after, nobody even knew like what the who the Hawkeyes were. They kept pointing at our shirts like, what what team is that? And yeah. they're just all they cared about was basketball. And, you know, you're hopefully, you know, th that's a mistake on our part, too. I and mean, I should have given them more time to get Big Ten seasoned before we went out there. But that was probably one of the most terrible trips we'd gone on. Like we were uh, we're in the stands and like the Maryland fans were yelling at us, calling us hicks, telling us to go back <laughs> to the farm, like all kinds of like hor they, were, they were rough, man. Like, I mean, the East Coast people are a little bit harder. You know, that's just how it is. And anybody that goes from the Midwest out to the East Coast is it's it's a little different you know people faster pace and you know they're a little quicker on the trigger with with a lot of things but we were we had the same feeling as you did not to bag on maryland but we were not real impressed 
with yeah. uh, with with the place as a whole, kind of like you. Yeah, there were just I mean, like you know, I was I was heavily recruited to be a safety, and you know when you know what got me on the hook was like I I wanted to play receiver, like you know I'm a 17 year old, I think you know receivers they get the spotlight, all this stuff. Um, so Maryland, they're like, yeah, we want you to play receiver, and I, I get on campus for my official visit, and they're like, you know, we really want you to play safety. We're also thinking about you as a punter. I was like, what the heck? Like, you know, um, you know, they just seem kind of all over the place. And then, you know, we walked around the campus. We went to like the local mall just to kind of walk around and kill time. So, you know, it's a two day thing. And then there's like two inch, you know, thick glass everywhere, like bulletproof glass. And like, yeah. And I don't want to be here. So, yeah, um, I dipped out as fast as I could. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I feel like I'm bagging on Maryland. No offense to any characters <laughs> out there, but those are the most God awful, ugly uniforms in college football. I just, I, I can't stand those things with the, the, it's a cool flag and logo and stuff like that, but you know, it's a little over the top, completely wrapped around the whole helmet and everything right. on there. It just doesn't have feel like much of a, a big 10 feel to it. It almost looks like an arena league football team out there playing um, like flashy. Oh, for sure. So yeah, man, that was kind of my, my path to Iowa. And then once I saw the campus, you know, I actually met some fans just out, out and about and, um, you know, I had Ed Hinkle as my host, uh, nice. and it, it, you know, it's just, I, I ended up just canceling all the rest of my visits. And, um, uh, you know, I was there with, uh, Sean Lee, who, um, was heavily considering Iowa and Penn state. And I was trying to sell him hard on Iowa. You know, that at that time we had like, you know, what, five or six all Americans commit to Iowa. So I was really trying to get Sean Lee to come there. Um, but then, you know, I guess, you know, with family reasons, he stayed at Penn state, but yeah, man, it was, it was a fun experience getting recruited. Um, it was, it was kind of short lived for me. I committed to Iowa, uh, beginning of my senior year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's no better place to go. No, we're, we're definitely glad that you did one of the best receivers in Iowa history, especially during that time, you definitely got us out of a lot of jams in, in a lot of situations. And you always seem to be that one guy that we could count on in a tough spot that we could go to. And you'd always come through every single time. Um, you were there during a really interesting time in Iowa football when there really hasn't been too many quarterback controversies really. And you were there in the midst of the Jake Christians and Ricky Stanzi one. What, what was the feeling like in, in the locker room and on the team uh, when that was going on? Were guys really ever talking about that? And were the guys on the team leaning a diff leaning one way or the other? No, I mean, it was, it was really tough to be honest. You know, Jake was my, one of my roommates uh, freshman year. He was one of the guys that, um, you know, I went to camp with at Iowa and he, you know, he really sold Iowa, even though I was already sold, but uh, you know, he was a big, his dad was the biggest advocate for Iowa. So, you know, I can't really say anything bad about Jake. You know, I do have a, a funny yeah. story about that and I feel like I got set up by the media, but um, you know, but we, you know, we had Rick and, you know, Rick, you know, he just improved week over week, you know, year over year. And then we also had a guy named Arbel Nelson who came from Cleveland at Glenville and he was a stud athlete. Um, so we just knew that there was going to be like competition. It's going to be like, you know, a game day decision. So um, I felt like we felt confident that either way we went, we would be good um mm -hmm. you know good with and you know jake had a lot of moxie which you know we always did you know say is you know rick's quality but you know iowa we we recruit the the right people and although like you know jake you know went and saw after another school which you know, i don't blame him uh because yeah. you know you only have so you have a certain time frame that you could play that hey man you know you got to do what you got to do you know enjoy this life type of thing um, but dude, I, I think I got set up by the media one time because, you know, I love Jake and like, you know, when you're in, when you're in the locker room, like you sometimes just like, you know, you know, talk crap to each other, you know, just, it's just guy like banner stuff. 
And yeah. I got, I remember it was like Tuesday, we had media day and I wrote up my moped, got off. And then, you know, they started talking about the Northwestern game. Um, and they're like, Hey, Jake said he's going to come. And like, they said, they said something around the lines of like, you know, he, he was saying bad things about Iowa. And I was like, man, screw Jake. <laughs> like, oh, and, yeah. uh, so then like Jake started like texting, he didn't text me, he was texting other guys. He's like, you know, what's wrong with Trey, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like I got set up because I didn't really like say, mean like, you know, screw Jake. I just like, yeah. Hey, like I thought, I think he's talking crap about the program. You know, yeah. him, him and I will hash this out after practice. I'm focusing on other stuff, <laughs> but yeah, I feel, I feel like it was a setup. <laughs> That's not cool to do anything like that, especially <laughs> to a college kid. Like, come on. That's why they have to train those guys in, in media relations because of things like that, you know, setting you guys up. But, you know, even Ricky, when we talked to him, said like Jake was a great dude and he keeps in contact with him. And, you know, everyone that's interacted with him, I felt like Jake kind of got a, you know, he, I don't know if he got misquoted or anything too, but when he left, you know, media is always trying to pull things out of you and, and get something to write about. And, um, who knows what the context was, but he said something about like, you know, Iowa didn't do a very good job of developing me or developing quarterbacks. And, um, and so then immediately fans are like, Oh, he's, he's bitter. He's a bad dude. And then, you know, circling back and, you know, years later, he's like, you know, I, it's not really what I meant. You know, I really, yeah. you know, root for Iowa, watch Iowa. And, you know, I want to see my, my old teammates do well and, and be successful. So, it's uh, it's one of those things that, you know, whenever you read anything about anybody, no matter what it is, you got to kind of hold your judgment and wait and yeah. see what the whole story is. Because I think guys were, you know, a lot of fans were a little too quick on the trigger to, you know, want to say that Jake wasn't a good dude, but he actually was, you know, you lose on a quarterback competition. Yeah. You're a competitor. You're going to be a little pissed off. You know, if he wasn't pissed, there'd be something wrong right. with him yeah, and absolutely. you can't, you can't blame him for going to another school. He wants to play the game. You know, I totally get that. So you can't, you can't blame him for that one, one bit. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, when the time came that they did decide to go with Rick, like, I think there may have been a sediment on the team, like, oh shoot, like what's going to happen. And Jake, I mean, first class, man, he, he was there. He was like the, you know, coach B, like he was like the second coach on the field, really helping Rick, very selfless player. So, I mean, he was awesome to have awesome roommate, awesome teammate. And, you know, I was happy he was able to, to go somewhere and do, you know, do big things. Yeah, no, it's great. And it sounds like he's working with quarterbacks right now too um, in his professional career. And, you know, Ricky said that they, they, you know, talk almost every other week still about, about different things and work together. So that, that's pretty awesome. That's just, you know, really a testament to what type of guy both of them mm -hmm. are and, and keeping a relationship like that. So that's very cool. Um, we also wanted to talk to you about the, the insane Sean green season where he just lit the world on fire and was running all over the field. Um, I want to know uh, during his Doak Walker speech, why he didn't, uh, thank Trey, Trey Strauss for all that down the field blocking that he got for all those big runs. I know. Well, that's the thing, man. Like, yeah, you know, I, I took great pride in my, uh, my blocking, um, you know, coach uh, Campbell, uh, he used to, you know, goal us on getting, you know, three knockdowns games. So like what that means is like be on their back or like, to, you know, uh, what's a proper term, but, you know, basically cutting their knees and, and getting them on the ground type of thing. Man, I would, I, would, I would try to exceed like 200%. Like I, I took a lot of pride in that, but you know, I wasn't the only one like Andy Brudel, man, he, he was always up there, you know, drill through in some blocks, you know, Colin Sandeman was, you know, you know, little guy, but you know, little leverage, like he was able to, to get people out of the way. So I think as a receiving core in general, uh, Keenan Davis, I mean, that, that dude was a monster. He just threw people like uh, out of the sideline. Like um, we took pride in that. So, I mean, 
Hey, we, we maybe not got all the, the props that we, we could have gotten, but, you know, I, and I know <laughs> a lot, a lot of it went to offensive line, which is, you know, well-deserved, but yeah, the receivers, man, we were, we were out there grinding. What, what kind of guy is Sean? Because, uh, you know, he had one hell of a run there at Iowa and, you know, had a pretty strong pro career there too, but haven't really heard much from him since he uh, stepped out of the limelight. Do you ever keep in touch with him? Were you guys very close when he played together? Yeah, I mean, so during, like freshman year, you know, we came in freshman year together. So, you know, we used to, we used to hang out. I mean, him and I were both kind of quiet. Like, you know, if you ever watch any of my interviews when I was at Iowa, I mean, dude, I was, I didn't know what to say. Like people are like, hey, you, you, you know, you caught this, you know, touchdown pass. What happened? I was like, I don't know. I ran a route. They threw it. I caught it. Um, and that's, that's like Sean. Like he's a very humble dude, very quiet. Um, you know, him and I, we, we stay in touch, but it's, it's more of like, just like, you know, what's up, man, or, you know, liking posts and stuff like that, like giving the 100% stuff like that. That's about it. But that's all you have to expect from Sean. Like, he's a very humble dude. Like, he's not gonna, you know, go out of his way to become like a, a news anchor or anything like that. He's just gonna live his life and, and be to himself. Yeah. Well, he's one of those guys that, you know, hopefully this year with, you know, Tyler Goodson that I feel like, you know, we got one of those backs right now that could have a Sean Green type season. So um, that was a lot of fun that year watching him run all over people. And I just wish he would have stuck around for that 09 team just to see what that team could have done, because yeah. that, that, that would have been national title implications if he would have came back for another year. But you got millions of dollars sitting on the table. That's a hard thing to walk away from. So, yeah, you know, for sure you set your family up for the rest of their life. I, you know, I totally understand that. Um, in 2008, I want you to think back here to the Penn state game. Um, I was there. It's a cold, dreary night, a um, little misty outside. And, uh, we were getting ready to take down. I believe it was number, were they number three, number three, yeah, number three, Penn state the last, tell me, tell us about that last second, that, that last second drive, and that field goal and, you know, walk us through that game a little bit, what it took to beat those guys. Cause they were on a roll. I believe they were nine and O when they came into Iowa city. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they caught us at a bad time. Like we, uh, that was the year that Rick, you know, stepped in halfway through the year. So like, you know, Rick had his learning curve. So, you know, once Rick started, I think that, you know, we may have lost a game or two, uh, very close, but, um, you know, close losses that, you know, we were on a roll, like we were already prepping for the 2009 season. So they caught us at like some strengths, um, you know, we were firing all, all cylinders. And I mean, even though it was a close game and we, we uh, hit that field goal, I feel like we controlled that game a lot. Um, you know, Darrell had a huge, huge catch, you know, myself, we, we did a similar play. I caught a ball, took up the sideline and man, it was just a shoelace tackle. You know, if, if I would have just scooted on that, we could have scored there. Like felt like we were in control. We had a lot of confidence going in that game. Um, and it was kind of our statement game to to catapult us for the next season. Yeah, that, it was an awesome game, and it was such a great ending. And I, um, it, it was pretty cold. I know the lady in front of me. Somebody accidentally dumped hot chocolate all over <laughs> her and her, her her coat. So um, that I'll, I'll neither confirm nor deny that I, that was partly my fault. <laughs> but, uh, we got a little wild after that. That was a lot of fun, and it, it was it was such a great feeling to be able to to knock them off. Joe Paterno never really had much luck against us. We always did very very well against him. Mm -hmm. um, I want to move it into the 2009 season. Um, such a great year. And I'm going to be honest, I, I was really surprised the way that the year developed because that first game of the year against you and I uh, was a struggle. 
and we blocked two field goals at the end of the game to win that. And you know, I, I went nuts and went, you know, crazy, but I'm like, and if we have trouble beat, you know, of course, as a fan, you're like, if we have trouble beating you and I, this is going to be a long year. What was the struggle in that game? And why was it so tough to put those guys away? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I wish I had the answer. I, I, maybe, maybe I can ask you that question. You know, you know, from my experience, um, you know, it's like interesting about my career, not, not to make about myself, but like, you know, I never really got the a chance to fully play in the first four games of every single year. I was there except for Iowa my senior year. I got to play in the first four games, like due to injury and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but like my vibe was just like, you know, Iowa, we, we have great preparation. We have great camps. We always get better as the season goes. So like, you know, mm -hmm. going into and you and I like, yeah, I mean, just talent alone, we should be able to handle this team pretty well. But it's just like, it seems like an Iowa thing that we just kind of start off so every single season. And then by the time you catch us week five, six, seven, eight, like we're, we're just as good as any team in the country. Yeah. Most years. So I feel like, you know, we, we got caught like that, you know, it's hardly ever that, you know, an Iowa team would uh, underestimate an opponent. So I don't think it was that. I think it's just, I don't know, like feeling the offense, feeling the towns, feeling like who the ball goes to, things like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I still scratch, scratch my head on that, you know, not to, you know, take away from you and I, like, you know, they were like national championships, you know, runner ups or, or something like that. Like they're a very, very good program, really good athletes. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think that put a, a reality check on a lot of us. And I think yeah. that kind of helped us uh, turn things around very quickly in the, the uh, beginning of the season. What do you feel is the biggest reason that um, we always have a slow start to the year? You know, we don't really come out firing on all cylinders. We get a, some backlash sometimes from people like Colin Cowherd and stuff like that. They're like, hey, they're, they're not scheduling those big time games early in the season. Well, I don't want us to do that right now because like it's just we're not ready for that at the beginning of the year. Like now at the end of the season at a bowl game. Absolutely. But what being a part of the program and playing there for the years that you did if you could put your finger on one or two things, what is the reason why we come out those first two to three games every year and just really take a while to get the ball rolling? Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I, I wish I could put a finger on it. Um, you know, generalizing it, you know, if you look at the past seasons, you know, the defense is there, you know, like even look at the UNI, like we, we hold them to, you know, low points, low scoring, the special teams are there. It, it's usually the offense that usually takes a, a long time to, to get going. So really, really don't know exactly what it is, you know, minus the Arizona. Every time it seems like we go out to Arizona, it doesn't turn out well for us. But, uh, you know, the defense is usually solid. The special teams is solid. It's just the, the, the offense. It just, it, it takes us a few weeks to kind of start gelling. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine with this not scheduling a big time team the first two three games of the year because it just we're not that program like that's just not how we roll and i have you know fans from different schools all the time like why don't you guys ever play any of those tough early season games my response is whether it's accurate or not this is what i say is that we're a developmental program so you know we're not always able to get those four and five star guys and you know we're we need to get take time to get our feet wet develop and get the guys out on the field and get those reps in and yeah we'll definitely schedule you week 12 but you know week one two or three yeah, probably not it's not really going to fit our our game plan yeah for sure and that's the thing it's like you know you know once you know we will get some like four four star you know maybe five star athletes i know like my uh my uh class you know we were one of the highest touted classes you know at iowa but you know unfortunately one reason or the other we weren't able to keep people um so i think that that's a challenge and you know I, you know what's really kind of blow my mind is 
I think I heard this from another interview was, you know, you know, the, the folks that we bring in the two stars, three stars, they eventually get to the, the four star, five star level when they're a yeah. junior, when they're a senior. And that's true. I mean, uh, you know, our development program with Coach Doyle, you know, Ferentz and then the coaching staff, um, they really do develop people and they develop them very well. And it's, you know, we really believe in the next man in. But, you know, when it comes to like those five star people, you know, I remember like, you know, I was trying to, to try to recruit people from Ohio. Um, you know, Chris Rall and I, we were one of the first like people to to go, leave Ohio and those surrounding schools, like the Michigan schools, Ohio States, the, the Penn States to come out to Iowa, that we were trying to get more people out there. And like, you know, we bring up uh, some some athletes, right? Like, hey, like, you know, so-and-so, you know, I think we could get them to come to Iowa. And they're like, well, they got an offer from Ohio State and Penn State. It's like, so what? <laughs> you know, let's, yeah. let's try to get them over here. So it's just like, I hope like it doesn't get to a complex that like all we want to do is develop people. Like, you know, we should be going after those, those four star and five star athletes every single year. Cause we deserve it. We have the coaching staff, we have the record, we have, you know, we have so many stats. Like I think, you know, when I left my senior year, we were number two in the big 10 in producing NFL players and not anybody knows that you tell that to anybody, they wouldn't believe you, but yeah. that was, that's just the stats and that's just reality. So just got to like sell ourselves more, I think that's funny that you said that because that's exactly what Marvin McNutt said. He said the same exact thing that, you know, he's like, I feel like he got, his sentiment was, I feel like we expect to be an eight wins, you know, eight win a year team, nine win a year, you know, team. And we're, we're not putting the the effort into getting these top tier guys because we don't feel like we can get them. And he's yeah. like, if you don't feel like you can get them, you're not going to get them. And there's no reason, like you said, and like Marvin said, why we couldn't get, get those guys, you know, as long as they fit the character and they can, you know, assimilate to the culture at the university of Iowa, which I, I don't know why they couldn't. Um, it, it's odd to me that we wouldn't go after those guys. I've even heard Kirk say multiple times and one time in particular, when um, we got AJ was, you know, he was like, well, we, we usually don't have a chance with guys like that, but with his dad playing here, we knew he had ties to the program. And we knew he had a chance. It's like, you, you're not going to approach a game like that. Why would you approach recruiting like that? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't get it. And, you know, I, I think, I think the tide's changing for the, for the good. Um, you know, we got the stadium, we got the fans, we got the record, we got the data. Like, you know, we, we just got to pull the trigger on, on some of these people. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, in my opinion, I, you know, I'm biased as hell, but it's one of the best programs in the country. I Absolutely. think we, we need to realize that it's one of the best programs in the country as, you know, as staff and as fans. And like, you know, Marvin McNuss said, I thought this was beautiful. He's like, you know, we don't be afraid to expect national championships here. If you don't expect it, it's not ever going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and like the five, the eight and five thing, like I, I hundred percent agree with that. Like, man, like I remember my first year at, at Iowa, you know, we had a great team. Like, you know, we had Greenway, we had Hinkle, Solomon, Tate. I mean, just go down the list. Like we had a, a, a team, um, but the year didn't go as, as well as we expected. I think we lost a big 10 title by two plays. It was a few drops against Michigan. And then I, I think, yeah. you know, the, the onside kick at Northwestern. Um, and I just remember we lost like four games or something. And, you know, we, everybody felt like they're kind of like gravy and it was good. Like we went to the Outback Bowl playing against Florida and like it was close and that was good. And I was like, dude, I came from a high school that we went, uh, you know, 29 and one, like, I'm not used to losing like, you know, four games yeah. in one year, like what the heck is this? And then I think, you know, the coaches did a good job of building a new culture, you know, building the culture of people that are just hungry to win. They're not happy. You know, even, even our 2009 season, like, I'm sure it keeps some people up at night, like, you know, that we, we should have went to the national champion, Sean Green or not. Like, you know, we had two yeah. stellar running backs. We had a best offensive line. Um, you know, our, our, our offensive skills were there. 
you know, we went through any adversity you can think of in that, that season and we just found a way. Um, but again, like, I think we changed the culture of, you know, not accepting those eight, eight win seasons. Yeah. So I think things are changing for the better, for sure. No, I agree too. And I feel like we're really starting to take swings at some higher end recruits too. And, and going after, you know, more high profile guys. And the thing that's, that sucks is like, you know, Iowa fans and a lot of other people like to say, oh, stars don't matter. Well, and the big picture they do because the, the Alabamas of the world, the Clemsons, you know, the ones, the Notre Dames, the teams that are finishing at the top every year at Georgia's always have the top recruiting classes every year. We just do a, of amazing top tier job at getting those two or three star guys that are going to work hard and, and getting the most out of them. But just think if we did that with a lot of four and five star guys, how, how damn good they could be and how great we could be. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. Like I love the quote that we had in the locker room. It says hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, but it's like, dang, why don't we just get talent that works hard? You know? Yeah. So um, we're getting there though. I think it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that we have one of the greatest coaches and one of the greatest coaching staffs and greatest programs in the country. But, you know, like Marvin said, too, I, it's we're just missing one or two small things. And it, it seems like that we're starting to kind of figure that out. And I, I really feel like that there's great things on the horizon and we're definitely in, on the upward trajectory. So um, speaking of things going in the right direction, uh, I want to talk to you about the 2009 season against Michigan state that, that last second drive that we had um, with Stanzi to McNutt. A, what a lot of people don't talk about is before that happened, there's a guy that I'm looking at right now that had a lot of um, a lot of responsibility for keeping that drive alive and keeping it going. I believe you caught a pass on third and eight that um, kept things going. Walk us through that final drive in that game and what was so difficult about getting things going offensively. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just one of those classic games that. Um... I mean, the offense, like we had our chances. Um, There's a lot of like wide open opportunities that we just didn't connect on. Um, you know, some of our running game wasn't going as well as we expected. We had a great game plan. Like, you know, Michigan saved their DBs. They, they, they had like the weirdest technique ever. They would do like a wide receiver stance. They play in the inside. It was really funky. And we, we were literally chopping them up. We just weren't connecting on, on some, some passes and, and some of our running plays. Um, but with that all said, like, you know, we, we were, we just had all the confidence in the world. Um, you know, a lot of it contributed not only to like the type of people that we've, uh, combed the type of people that we recruited, the type of people in the huddle, but also like with Rick Stansy, like, you know, I I think Rick was able to get a lot of people behind him. And, you know, so funny, like, I'm going to do a little plug, like, you know, after my playing days, I, 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 uh, I did a little stunt devil action in this movie called draft day is this Kevin Costner film. And, you know, really. Yeah. And I, I played a Wisconsin quarterback, which, uh, you know, probably, probably, you know, highly frowned upon, but, uh, <laughs> it was, a, it was a good time. Um, but anyways, like in the movie, they were talking about how Joe Montana, you know, in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, like, you know, they're down, they have to do this like 90 yard drive and he's just like cool, calm, collect. He's talking about celebrities in the stands. That was like our, that was like our huddle. Like that's what it reminded me of is like, like we're in the huddle. Nobody's nervous. Nobody's scared. Like nobody's like, quiet because they're nervous or like they don't want to mess up we're just i mean we were we're throwing out ideas of what we should do like we were like cool calm and collected that whole time and i think that's why when you look at the drive you know i caught a ball drell caught a ball tony caught a ball marvin you know had the, the game winner like we just were we were like hey we got this like you know it's our bad that we're even at this point but hey we'll take care of it type of thing and i think that was kind of like the mentality 
every single game. So that, that was a special time. Um, the the last play, man, I, I hear about a lot. The, the Marvin slant, man, uh, you know, is awesome. But, man, I was wide open. <laughs> just, <laughs> well, and, and I give him crap because, like, you know, he caught it, and then he stepped on my foot, and, I, you know, I, I, had, like, I was, like, gimping for the rest of the time. And then, I you know, I ran over to the, the stands, and it was glow stick night, and I was, like, doing the degenerate de- – what is it called? Generation X, like the suck Degeneration X. The- yeah. Yeah, and I did that to the, the student section, and they're all throwing their glow sticks at us. So it was, I mean, it was a, it was a great time. And that, that That's was awesome. Definitely a memorable experience for sure. I had not heard about that. So you got <laughs> up in the stands at Michigan State and did the DX suck it with the glow sticks. That's oh, yeah. freaking cool. Oh, well, I, I bet they were saying. I was getting pelted by those things. Those things hurt. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they do. I bet you were getting some really nice, <laughs> nice things said to you too when you were doing that. Michigan State was so corny. I, I don't know if I should be hating on them, but um, I mean, like you get out of the locker room, they have this like neon yellow smiley face and you go out to the stadium. The band has their back turned to you. The the student section has the new pa- newspapers out. You're like, dude, are we at a high school game or what? But I guess like, you know, just the fact that we're thinking about all these different like little tricks, I, I guess maybe it worked, but uh, now we got them. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen, been to a college that did that or even a division one school for that matter. I remember in high school that yeah. that stuff kind of happened, but that's interesting. I did not know that. Uh, I really want to know from you, uh, one of the greatest Hawkeyes of all time and one of the greatest people, Tyler Sash, uh, that's no longer with us. You were able to know him and play with him. Uh, what kind of guy was Tyler? Man, Tyler, Tyler was a stand-up guy. I mean, he he was probably one of the best humans, one of my favorite favorite Hawkeyes. Um, you know, he, he was one of my roommates. Uh, you know, during the summer, and I mean, he was like my little brother. Um, I know a lot of people probably say that, but we always used to joke like, you know, his uh, initials were TJS, mine were TJS. I like mean, we, we grew up in similar families, like Christian homes. We had the same values. Like we, we, we hardly ever cuss, which I think, you know, as I get older, I'm kind of expanding my vocabulary, I guess I would say. Um, but he was just like a solid, good teammate. And, um, you know, everything wasn't like perfect for him at, at Iowa. Like, you know, he had a lot of competition. He had Jordan Bernstein, you know, on his heels. He had, you know, some upperclassmen. Like, I remember like one time he was, you know, thinking about like transferring or leaving. And I just like, dude, you can't, man. Like, you're going to be the best, you know, uh, defensive player at Iowa history. And, uh-huh. you know, we're, we're talking and, you know, we're, and we're on Facebook and, you know, I work, work at Facebook now. So it's, you know, I'll do a little plug there. But like, man, I remember like one of the, the best moments, you know, with Tyler. And I think it was his freshman or freshman year was during practice. I do a little five-yard drive route and I've never got hit so hard in my life because Tyler just came up and just lit me up. And I just remember like standing up, hitting him on the helmet. I'm like, dude, like that's what you needed. You needed that, you know, that moment, you know, it was got the ooh-ah thing. Like a snot bubble came out of my nose. Like it was kind of embarrassing for an upperclassman, but the dude got me. But man, Tyler, I mean, Tyler was again, like my favorite, probably like one of my favorite Hawkeyes, you know, favorite family. Um, you know, the family was very close to mine that, you know, the parents and, uh, um, man, like that was, that was really heartbreaking each year. I mean, um, you know, I'll talk to a few of our teammates, you know, that were really close with them. And I mean, it's, it's tough losing somebody like Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. And he really embodied what it was to be a Hawkeye, just the, the, the grit and the determination and the emotion that he played with. And I still remember that one play, I believe it was against Michigan state where he caught that interception and then flipped it back to Micah and yep. he took off with it. It was like, you, that could have ended real bad flipping that back, but man, it was just like 
that was one of the most beautiful plays I've I've ever seen in my life. It was Dude, awesome. Tyler, Tyler is like Tyler is like one of those gym class heroes, man. And what I mean by that, like he any sport you put in front of him, he's gonna be good at. Him and Tony Miyaki, probably like the best gym class people. You, you could like literally get the professional bocce ball player in the world, and they could probably compete with them. You know, just like yeah. stellar athletes. Oh, it's we're lucky to have guys like that be a part of the program and. You know he'll be he'll be missed forever. So oh man, um, I remember I, he was a huge hawk fan. Like okay, another quick story. So like I oh know, yeah, I, I ran track at Iowa and I you know I did high jump and uh, we were at the Drake relays and there's this guy named Tyler Sash just came to Iowa and you know he was a huge fan. Like he came up, he was talking to me. He's like, hey man, I gotta go to race. You want to watch? I went and watched his race and then you know he he killed it. Then he came back to the stands and went talk talked to me versus like talking to his parents. And then like, I got like a final check-in for high jump. Like I almost missed like the whole reason why I went to, to Drake. Uh, so I ran over there. They luckily let me in. And then I ended up not even clearing the, the opening barks. I didn't get the stretch. I didn't get the practice. I didn't do anything oh, like no. that. But it, it was worth it, man. It was, it was cool to, to see Tyler do so well in that, in that meet. Oh, that, that's a cool story, man. That's the Drake relays are awesome. I used to. Oh, so my, cool. Yeah, my dad coached track and cross country for a really long time. And so as a little kid, I'd sit there with my sunflower seeds and sit in the stands all day. And I got to watch like guys like Michael Johnson run there. And there was just, uh, it, was, it was really cool. It's kind of a rite of passage as a kid growing up at Des Moines. You need yeah, to go sit. Sure. Yeah, I'm from Des Moines. So you got to sit for, you know, a whole entire day or two at the Drake Relays. It's it's pretty cool. I froze my ass off every time <laughs> we went, but it was uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, one of the, one of the other guys that you got to play with, that was just insanely talented. Um, one of the best, uh, wide receivers that we've ever had, just complete natural talent, uh, Darrell Johnson, Culianos, DJK. Um, what was it like playing with that guy? Because he, um, you know, he says, he's like, you know, I'm not the guy that asks to get all this attention. You know, I'm just, you know, really, I could have gone to Ohio state or wherever, you know, but I came here and, you know, it's not my fault. I get all this attention. Everyone kind of follows me around and wants to talk to me and, he um, really brought on um, from, you know, in retrospect, a little bit of negative publicity toward him. And he said that with the attention that he got, he felt like he was punished by the coaching staff and not treated properly. Uh, what were your thoughts on DJK and his time at Iowa getting to play with him? Because if anything, the dude was just insanely talented. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, DJ, DJ was definitely uh... – he was a great teammate. Like, you know, you, you know, um, unique character. I mean, he, uh, at the end of the day, he was always going to be going to bat for his, for his teammates, everything. Um, you know, I think like, I think for the difference between DJK and myself, like I, we were just two different people. Like, you know, I, um, I was very quiet. Um, you know, I came into Iowa, uh, with a lot of accolades, you know, I had some of those stars behind me. Um, but unfortunately like, man, like, you know, my first practice at Iowa, I, I tore my, my thumb. And, you know, before that I had reconstructed surgery on my left hand. Then I was mm -hmm. having hamstring injuries. And so like, literally like a lot of like, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy with how my success like came, came at Iowa, but you know, it, it probably didn't pan out what I expected and other people expected. So sorry, I'm going to like talk about myself, but I'll wrap it no. back to like Darrell. That's so, why like, we're interviewing you, man. It's all good. Yeah. So like, I mean, here's the thing is like, um, you know, Darrell came into a class with like Dominique Douglas, Anthony Bowman, James Cleveland, and Darrell, and and Paul Cheney, like fast Paul Cheney, like he's our trend in holiday. And, um, you know, some of those players weren't able to to make it at Iowa. And, you know, Darrell stepped up. He did a good job. Like, you know, Iowa, we talk about the next man in, and, and Darrell did that. 
Um, so Jarrell and I were just like completely different type of type of people, like the way we operated, the way we, we followed instructions, stuff like that. Like he really kind of had this like TO mentality and um, not, not the bash him or anything, but it's just like, again, like, man, like, you know, coming from me, like, Hey man, you got to just do things right. Um, you know, you, you can't show up late. You can't like, you know, do X, Y, Z. Like I was trying to like almost take him as like under my wing as like a brother, but you know, he just did his own thing. And, you know, he was a sophomore, he was a junior, he was a senior, like acting like a TO. And it's like, Hey man, we, we, all of us, we haven't made it. Uh, Coach Joel used to talk about that. Like, you know, none of you guys have made it. He, you know, he would say that the people that were going to be potentially first round draft picks, like we're not there yet, you know, it hasn't happened yet type of thing. And it was just one of those things, like we just had to keep like kind of reminding him, but you know, when it came to the time of the game, like we knew he was there, he was going to, you know, he was going to play, like he wasn't the tallest, he wasn't the fastest, but he had like one of the best like visions, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if it was like, you know, his soccer background, what, but like, I mean, he just naturally had the vision to like find holes in, in everything. So like he, he's naturally gifted, he, you know, but, you know, it's just like some of the, the soft skills, I guess. And just like, you know, being able to be a part of the program versus like trying to, to do it on your own type of thing. Is the, and this is probably not true, but I got to ask you that he, he said that like during practice one time that uh, Doyle put a paper bag on his head and made him walk around the practice field. Do you remember that ever happening? Man, I don't, I, you know, I, I know that he's been, dis like, I think a lot of players, we've been disciplined in one way or the other. Um, you know, uh, you know, I was late one time to a, a lifting uh, thing, which you don't do. I mean, that's a no, no, like Iowa, we take a lot of pride in, um, you know, if you're, if you're on time, you're late. If you're on, if you're early, you're on time type of thing. And, you know, I showed yeah. up late and, you know, Coach Joel gave me a, a two by four to, to push across the, the weight room, you know, down and back 50 times. Um, that was a lesson learned. You know, I didn't feel like I was getting picked on. It was just more of like a disciplinary thing. Like, Hey, like you've effed up. Um, this is what, what we do. You know, we, we do, we push the two by four across the floor. Cause that's what you are for showing up late type of thing. Um, I don't remember what the, the, the situation was or anything. I, you know, it's, it's been 10, 11 years, but, uh, yeah, I mean like, you know, one, one thing or the other, you know, we have very simple rules like wearing, you know, wearing, a. um, you know, wearing a team issued gear, you know, we are a team be unified. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you come into the office, you know, come presentable, like, you know, this is, this is a business. This isn't like a, a gym, yeah. um, you know, things like that. And, you know, they're very simple, basic things. And it's just more to install, like, you know, this operational rigor of, you know, doing things right, doing things in order, doing things professionally. Um, and some people that didn't get it, I mean, they, they, they had to pay for it somehow. And, you know, the thing about it, like, too, I pushed a two by four across the floor. I had to push a, a four wheeler because I wasn't perfect. I tried to be, but I wasn't perfect. And, you know, I had, I had, to, I had to do a lot of like my disciplinary stuff as, as we all did. Um, but, you know, it's, it's part of the process, part of the process of being a man. You know, Coach Parker used to say, you know, um, boys do what they want to do and men do what they have to do. And, you know, those type of disciplinary things really kind of like ingrained in our brains that, hey, you know, I got this brand, these brand new, you know, Nike, you know, shorts that are purple and awesome, but you know, we're not wearing Northwestern colors in the weight room, you know, put your, yeah. put your Iowa, Iowa shorts on that are from 1995, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. Bob, maybe Bob Sanders wore them, right? Like, you know, they're good luck type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know, like, I don't remember that exact story, but you know, I, again, like, you know, Iowa, like we try to do things, um, uh, I don't even know what the term, but 
like a pro, like a freaking pro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why NFL teams want, want Hawkeyes because when they come in, they transition seamlessly. They know how to show up on time, do things the right way. They're respectful to their coaches, you know, and I think that that's why, you know, Kirk's been able to create such an NFL factory there is because, you know, that they've lived it for all that, all that time. And like, you know, they say all the time, it's the Iowa way, you know, that's the right. Iowa way. That's how we do it. And, you know, there's a vision for that. It's not just to, you know, be a prick and, you know, make you fall in line just because, you know, they feel like it. It's, there's a mission behind it and they're trying to make you, you know, make you better people, better players and get you ready for, you know, if the, if the, if the next level is a possibility, you know, get you prepped for that. How, how difficult was it balancing track and, um, and football at the same time? Um, it, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. Um, you know, when I, when coach Herb was at the time and I brought it up to him, like, Hey, like, you know, the, the track coach, uh, they approached me and they asked me if I wanted to, um, I, they originally approached me to do decathlon and, you know, coach Herb thought that wasn't being the best interest. That's going to be a lot of time. So I was like, Hey, what about high jump? He's like, all right, you could do that as long as you're, you're placing, like, as long as you're, you're scoring points for the team. So, you know, high jump is very like low intensive uh, in the manner of like time and, you know, how much practice you actually do. Cause you know, um, jumping is, does a lot of wear and tear on your body. Um, so, I mean, shoot, I, I did the Drake relays and then I would go to the big 10 championship. I would do the last chance meet and then I'll go to the big 10 championship. So, okay. um, it was pretty lightweight. And, you know, I, I knew the reason why I was at Iowa was for football. This was just more of like, Hey, you know, keep Trey out of trouble, you know, keep Trey out of downtown with Pat, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. Like my, my first, uh, year on the track team, you know, I went to this last chance meet, uh, just to kind of dust the rust off. And then uh, the next week, you know, we were in the Big Ten Championship at Indiana and I got third place. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I had this weird obsession with like beating people without practicing. So I just like <laughs> it, it kept like, uh, you know, kind of playing to to my, um, you know, strengths. And then like, unfortunately, my junior year, I had to stop uh, jumping because I started having like really bad foot pain. Um, you know, I had this like nickname Skip because if you would watch film my junior and senior year, I couldn't like decelerate at all. Like I, I would have to skip to slow down. Cause I just had this like unbearable pain in my foot. Oh. And then, uh, yeah, I signed with the Texans, you know, things are going well. I go in the weight room. I'm like, Hey man, when I was at Iowa, I used to get cortisone shots and I used to get like a steroid pill. And, uh, you know, is there anything you guys could do? And they're like, yeah, let, let's, uh, let's take a look at it first. And you know, they ran the test like, Hey man, like how long has this been going on? I'm like for about two years. And they're like, yeah, like your band is like a third of what it's supposed to be. So they ended up putting me, they ended up putting me in a cast for like six weeks. Just like, Hey, like you can't make this thing bigger, but you know, maybe like scar tissue and, and stuff will like make it, you know, tighter. And so then we, we took it out of the cast. I was, you know, back to practice and then it just popped on me. So I had to get surgery and call it a day, but you know, it could have been, I don't remember like a specific, like, game or anything it was just more of just i think wear and tear maybe maybe track you know it's my jumping foot maybe maybe that had a play a little factor into it tell us about your transition to the houston texans and and playing in the nfl what was uh what was that transition like and um i mean it had to have been a pretty cool a pretty cool thing and what was the dumbest thing you bought when you first got some of that nfl money man i i'll tell you right now i didn't buy anything um I, uh, I had a really great mentor, like coach Campbell was awesome. He's, you know, he told all of the, all the guys, so like, he's like, Hey, like, I don't want anybody in this room that doesn't want to be in the NFL. And he's like, when you guys make it to the NFL live, like you're poor. So 
Um, you know, when I started out with Houston, all the rookies, we got put into a hotel and they're like, Hey, like, you know, you could stay in this hotel all the way until the beginning of the season. Um, but you know, slowly, like once we got through OTAs and camp, like a lot of the rookies started getting their own places. Some were buying, like, you know, they would buy a, what was the car, like a Camaro, like a red Camaro. And then they would get a blue one too. Like they were buying two cars at a time. Wow. And, uh, dude, I, I stayed in the hotel all the way until they kicked me out. And, uh, when they kicked me out, I just moved across the street. I went, I went down the street to a Toys R Us. I picked up a, a bike for $110 and I splurged another $20, let them put it together type of thing. Okay. Um, and I just say, I saved everything, even, even the apartment I got, um, for the year. Um, I think I got like a 60% discount. So it was like 1200 a month and I was paying 600. I was just wow. saving everything, uh, everything that I could, which really kind of helped me, uh, to get a good start to, to life. That's smart. That's most people don't, uh, don't do that. Once you get there, they feel like they made it, but that's a, that's a really smart approach that most guys don't do. Did the, any of those guys give you crap rolling in and a bike or anything like that for meetings or anything? No, not at all. I mean, so, uh, you know, Steve McNair, he had this like really nice Jeep and I, I honestly didn't know who, you know, I knew Steve McNair was like the, the owner, but I didn't really like, know him or like see his face or anything. And, he used to like see me like walk from the stadium to the hotel and, you know, sometimes bike and he'd be like, Hey man, do you want to ride? I'm like, sure. So I just saw somebody that worked in the office. So, you know, the players would be like, Hey, like Trey, like, how do you know Steve? Like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, who's Steve? And like the owner, I'm like, Oh shoot. <laughs> so I never really, saw, I never really saw him again, but uh, that, that was quite a, a cool experience, but yeah, nobody really, nobody really gave me crap. Like, you know, and also like, not only like with coach Campbell, but just like my history of injuries. Like, man, I think I like, I went in the knife at least four or five times at Iowa um, I was just like, Hey man, like it's already called not, not, not for long, yeah. NFL, but you know, with yeah. my history, it's like, dude, like my time is always ticking. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride when I can. And then, you know, save as much as I can. Over your time at Iowa, tell us something like that. The regular fan, we always like to ask guys this, the regular fan would not know like a really funny, maybe, you know, interesting or wild story that you'll just be about your day working away at Facebook on whether it be those algorithms or you know <laughs> whatever, well, you know, you're gonna have to tell us about what you do at Facebook because I think that's super interesting. But tell us, uh, tell us about a story that a lot of fans wouldn't know. Something that maybe happened in the locker room, practice field, anything like that. Yeah. So I mean, you did ask me that question. I never got around to it, and you know, sorry, I ramble. That's okay. Um, but yeah. So like, you know, when I got done with playing football, I, I did medical sales. I, you know, it was funny because I, I, I got to tell the doctors that, you know, I sell the, the instruments that fixed me, like the plates, the screws and all that stuff. Um, but then I, you know, I got poached to do uh, recruiting and I thought that was really cool. Cause like when I would sit at practice at Iowa, I would, I would always think like, you know, man, what do I want to do after football? And, you know, like uh, coach Johnson, you know, you know, before him and I got in like a little, you know, uh, battle on the sideline one time, um, uh, uh, you know, he did like recruiting, uh, for, uh, athletes. Like, you know, he, so he was trying to pull people from Michigan, from Ohio state and so on to go to Iowa. I was like, dang, that's, that's really cool. So, uh, cut a long story short, I got into the world of, of tech recruiting. So I'm a recruiting manager at Facebook. So now instead of like, you know, people wearing the Ohio state Jersey, Michigan Jersey, whatever, like, you know, I'm trying to pull people from Google, from Microsoft and say, Hey, come to, come to Facebook. Um, but the, I think the funny story is like, so like, you know, I had uh, Rick Stanzi, he, and I was his host uh, when he came on his fish visit to Iowa. And dude, I just remember him. Like, dude, I, I never really drank in college until like 
my last two years, um, I was a very straight arrow. And then, you know, I met Rick Stanzian and, you know, the guy was, you know, he had long hair, you like smoke a cigarette. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I actually like pawned him off on like, uh, we had a, we had a quarterback named Blake Zendella at the time. I'm like, Hey man, like you, you just gotta, you gotta take this guy. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, even though I'm like a recruiting manager now, like probably wasn't the best recruiting uh, person at Iowa, you know, cause potentially like imagine if we lost Rick. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the, the next year I was the, uh, the host for Colin Sandeman and okay. it was like, it was like my 21st birthday. Um, you know, Colin's a, a Bettendorf guy. So I'd naturally, you know, when I'm go going to pick him up, I'm going to Pat Anger's house to pick him up and like show him a good time at Iowa. Uh, little do I know, like, you know, Pat's already showing him a good time. So like you know, <laughs> everybody's having a good time. Like it's, you know, it's Pat's friends and like, you know, Jamie Murphy and, and Colin. And I don't know, man, things got a little wild. Like, you know, some people got like little poked in the, they had these like little like uh, medieval knives at their place. Like, I mean, it's Pat, like shouldn't really, <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't really shock you, but like, no, someone got, someone got like a little slice on their hand. So then I'm uh, taping it up with duct tape. And then 30 minutes later, somebody else gets sliced on their hand. So I'm typing, uh, you know, so then like Colin's probably like, what the heck is going on? There's two guys with duct tape on their hand bleeding out. We're going downtown right now. <laughs> so I probably, you know, even though I'm recruiting now, I probably wasn't the best host, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That was pretty cool. And then um, I'm trying to think of some other, other stories, but I think, I think those are pretty cool. Um, yeah. What kind of guy was Pat Anger? Cause he, uh, he seems like he's a blast. Yeah. Pat, that's awesome, man. Like um, if there was like, if there was like one person, like if you had a, like an action figure that had that each program had to like develop and sell at like Walmart, Pat would be our Iowa and <laughs> You, you press the button and he speaks and he just says his sayings. But um, I mean, I probably shouldn't share this, but you know, again, you put this on me. Um, so it. like we're, we're in the locker room and, you know, Pat used to, you know, before showers, after showers, you know, we're all like kind of in towels and stuff. You'd, you know, uh, you know, tap people in the butt to see if they got excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> He's a strange dude, but man, that's, that's why we love him. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I think, I think, I think I lost Pat's respect, uh, at the Iowa beef days. It was, it was me, uh, uh Alex Canellis and, and Pat and Alex Canellis. I, I don't know if you guys remember him. Like, you know, he was like an Iowa legend in high school wrestler yeah. and everything. He was probably the best athlete I've ever met in my life. And it was, it was really unfortunate that we lost him, especially, you know, we talked about that 2005 recruiting class, but anyways, we went to uh, the Iowa beef days and they signed us all up for like the arm wrestling competition. So, like, uh, you know, Alex Canales is in the, like the super heavyweight division, crushes it, gets first place. Pat's in the heavyweight. He gets first place. They put me in the middle class and I get freaking second place. So I, I don't think, I think I lost both of their respects that day, oh, but like, no. it, but in my defense, like the middle class, you, you, you could probably humble me on this, but, um, it stopped at like 200 pounds and the guy that, you know, I arm wrestled was at 210, but because it was his program, he was able to go in the middle class and, the That's dude, weak. Yeah. Later find out not only is he running this program, but he was the Iowa high school state champion arm wrestler. Like I was like, I'm from Cleveland. Like we don't have arm wrestling state championships. Like this is, I got, I got chipped huh. on this thing, but uh, yeah, he, I got smoked, man. I mean, actually, I, I think like I, I uh, strained my elbow on that, that freaking machine that I couldn't like lift the next week. So not only did I not get a trophy, I got a little like participation ribbon. 
<laughs> I lost I lost Pat's respect and uh, I couldn't no. look next week. <laughs> that's not cool. They can't lose. You can't lose respect over that. That's not fair at all. That's a fixed competition. <laughs> I didn't know that Iowa had high school wrestling. I grew up in Iowa. I've never even heard of that. That's crazy. Allegedly. I mean, maybe it's an AAU thing, but you know what I heard. And maybe people were just telling me that to make me feel better, but uh, allegedly, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I think they're full of shit. I've never heard of that in my life. That sounds like super redneck. I can see you guys like in cut off flannel shirts, arm wrestling, like at a table. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> I, you know, somebody let me know if they, if I'm wrong on that, but I've never heard of Iowa high school, like arm, arm wrestling. Like that's, I'll look it up, but yeah, I know as yeah. soon as we're done. Bless, bless the hearts of uh, Iowans for, for making me feel better. But uh, yeah, that's what I was told and I'm, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I, I got your back on that one, man. That is, sounds like a fixed competition. So <laughs> I, so you, you work at Facebook. It's got to be pretty cool. Um, do you work from home then? Is that where you're able to move or are you moving to be closer to work? Um, what, what all do you do there? And what's it like working for Facebook? It's awesome, man. Like, you know, uh, th this tech world was all new to me. Like I was in medical sales, just like what it seems like a lot of, you know, athletes get into after they're done playing. And, um, and cause it fits our personality, like sales, like competition and, you know, mm -hmm. being top, top producer and, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I got approached by Google and you know, again, like I'm from Cleveland, I went to uh, school in Iowa. Like when they say Google, I'm like the search engine, like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, I'm in medical sales and, you know, I just got to learn more about the technology, the landscape, the competitiveness, like the perks, like, you know, the, they feed us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that was good enough for me. So I took the leap of faith to move down to Austin, Texas. And I worked for Google for like three years, become a manager there, and then made the, the move to, to Facebook. But I mean, it's awesome, man. It's just like great people. Uh, you know, they feed us very well. Um, you know, especially, you know, with the news of having a baby, like they, they do a good job of helping support uh, folks, their employees on, on growing their families. So, and, nice. and just the opportunity, like, you know, with the pandemic working from home, like Facebook, they're like pivoting to like a, a workforce that works from home. So uh, this gives us an opportunity to move out to Orange County, California, and, uh, you know, be close to Amanda's family. It's just so we have more support. That's awesome. That sounds, sounds like a great gig, man. Sounds like things are going well for, for Trey. Yeah, man. Life, life is good, man. Uh, I'm yeah. super happy, man. It's almost like, man, it, you could like beat yourself up too. It's like things are going so well that uh, you're just like kind of, you could play into the car to like something bad's about to happen. So nah, just, trying, don't think just, like trying, that. just trying to enjoy the ride as I can, man. You know, you work hard and do the right things. Good things come to good people. So, I mean, you got, you got apparently, I don't know what she looks like, but a smoking hot wife that's going to win our 2022 hottest wife of the year for, for former <laughs> Iowa players. So we're going to, we're, you got to send us a picture because people, we're going to have to put it on our social media because people are going to be asking like, okay, what's Trey's wife look like now? Or so we're going to need to know you got a beautiful baby on the way. You got an awesome job. You're going to move to Southern California, one of the most beautiful places to live in the country. Like, amen, brother. Yeah, man. I'm happy, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're, uh, we're super happy for you. And, um, I'm going to let you get going and get after some of those beers. We've kept you long enough. <laughs> I, I love talking to you, man. I could talk to you all night. This has been a lot of fun. And, um, you're looking like you're needing another beer. So I don't want to get you all like dehydrated or anything like I that. I, get, I need some water gotta, right now. <laughs> gotta get some burskies in the system, but, but, um, th you just wanted to, you know, take the opportunity to thank you for all your hard work and your time at Iowa and all the great memories that you provided for all the Hawkeye fans out there with your amazing wide receiver play and, you know, representing the program in such a stand-up fashion. And it's great to see you doing so well right now. I know Iowa fans, you know, love to see guys that did so much for the program, you know, be happy and succeed uh, at the next level of life. And you're clearly doing that right now. 
I appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, things are going well, but I mean, the time at Iowa, I mean, it, it's really hard to, uh, to compare. And then, you know, the baby getting married, like that's, that's up there, but, um, you know, before all that, I mean, it, it's, it's a special program. It's a special, uh, bond you have with your teammates. And I was fortunate to have teammates on football and, and track. And it was just such a special time. It's like four and a half years of just freaking living in an oasis. Oh yeah. It, that's awesome. It, I see you got your uh, game worn Jersey back there on the wall. That's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. and you're, and you're all American orange bowl. one. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. It's so cool. Like, yeah, when, when you're a senior, they, uh, they'll frame you a Jersey and gift it to you. Cause like, these things are not cheap, man. Like I actually no. got the, I got the all American one framed. It was like 600 bucks and it's like, dang, Iowa. I mean, they stepped up and they gave us a, gave us yeah. a great senior gift. I was talking to Marvin about this earlier, not to keep bringing him up, but he was like, he had his pro jerseys hanging in his office. He's like, yeah, I'm about to get these framed. And I said, word of advice, man, don't get it done professionally. Go to Hobby Lobby, buy the $40 frame and spend $1.50 on the pens. And it looks almost as good. And you're going to spend a fraction of the price. Cause oh, I, sure. I got a whole wall of jerseys over here that I've done. And I used to get the professional ones done and, Finally, I'm like, I can't spend $500 on a freaking jersey to get framed every time I get one. So I uh, I, I went the cheap route, and I'm glad I did because I think it looks just about as good. Oh, probably, yeah. But, yeah, man, like, yeah, don't feel bad about bringing up Marvin. Like, I, man, I wish, you know, we've been on this for an hour. I wish I was just talking about Marvin the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's, like, one of the best dude. interviews that we've ever had. Like, he's so awesome. Maybe with some time I can get him on here with you. We can talk about that 09 season a little bit. And, yeah, we should get Get the whole receiving crew, man. We'll just do a big uh, oh, yeah. Zoom call. If we can have a wife off. You bring yours in, we'll bring <laughs> his in, and let's see who wins. <laughs> hey, she'll be down. <laughs> All right, cool, man. We'd love to meet her. So awesome. Super happy for you, man. And, and good luck with the move. And I uh, hope everyone's safe getting over there to California. And, and good Absolutely. luck with the baby. And just make sure you start getting getting him or, him or her ready to be a Hawkeye in the future. Okay, man. All right, man. We always end it with the Go Hawks, all right? All right. Go Hawks. All right. Go Hawks. See you, Trey. See you, man. Take care.